inspiration. Turn up the motivation. You're on the Ziggler Inspire Podcast. Zig Ziggler wants you to be your best. Welcome to Zig Ziglar's Inspire Podcast. This is your host, Blake Lindsay. Today, Zig wants to inspire us to use our imagination and creativity in order to find success in our life. Let's listen to Zig. In this particular session, I'm going to talk about your dreams and your imagination. Now, you know, a lot of people say that America is the most powerful nation in the world, and I'm not going to argue with that, but I'm going to build a case here for imagine nation because there's incredible power there. And I want to get you excited about developing and using your dreams and your imagination. I want to get you as excited as little Johnny was. Now, little Johnny was a pistol. He was a second grader. One Friday afternoon, the teacher said to the class, now class, if anything exciting happens over the weekend, tell us about it on Monday morning. Well, on Monday morning, little Johnny was seated in his little desk, you know, and the desk was anchored, but little Johnny wasn't. He was all over the place. Teacher said, Johnny, it looks like you had a good weekend. Yes, ma'am, it was exciting. What'd you do, Johnny? Me and my daddy went fishing. We caught 75 catfish. They all weighed 75 pounds. Now, Johnny... Son, you know that simply is not true. Oh, yes, ma'am, it is. Said my dad is a great fisherman, and I'm even better than he is. We caught 75 catfish. They all weighed 75 pounds. Now, Johnny, if I were to tell you that on the way to school this morning, about two blocks from here, out of nowhere, a big old 10-foot-tall grizzly bear weighed about 1,000 pounds, rose up right in front of me was about to grab me and eat me up when a little old eight-pound yellow dog came down. He jumped up. He grabbed a grizzly bear by the nose, threw him down, bounced him back and forth, broke his neck, killed him dead. Johnny, if I told you that, would you believe it? He said, oh, yes, ma'am. He said, as a matter of fact, that's my dog. (laughs) That's how excited I want to get you about you and your imagination and your dreams and how you can impact so many other people and in the process, make incredible progress yourself. It takes both for it really to happen. Uh, I love the story of this old boy down home. One day before Thanksgiving, his wife sent him to the grocery store to buy ham. He came back home and she said, honey, said you didn't tell the butcher to cut the end of the ham off. And he said, well, you didn't tell me to. And she said, I thought you knew. And he said, no, nobody ever told me. He said, why do you cut the end of the ham off? And she said, because my mama always cut the end of the ham off. And he said, well, uh, let's call mama. Ask her, why does she always cut the end of the ham off? And they did. And uh, mama said, well, I always cut the end of the ham off because my mama always cut the end of the ham off. So the fellow said, well, let's solve this three-generation mystery right now. So he got on long distance, called grandma and said, grandma, How come do you always cut the end of the ham off? She said, I cut the end of the ham off because my roaster's too small. (laughs) Now, Grandma had a reason. And we're going to give you reasons why there are great things that you can do if we will just understand that we need those dreams and we must have a vision. You run your day by the clock as demonstrated by the day before vacation. But you run your life with a vision. You got to have those dreams. Helen Keller said when asked how it felt to be blind, she said, well, it's much better to have no sight than it is not to have a vision. Solomon said, my people perish for lack of a vision. 
Dr. Albert Schweitzer, the great missionary doctor in Africa, when asked uh, how he was doing, he said, my sight grows dim, but my vision is clearer than ever. We need to have those dreams. We need to have that vision. Uh, Walt Disney didn't see a mouse. He saw millions of kids of all ages, and in the process of enjoying his presentations, he built an empire. Now, Neil Rudenstein is the president of Harvard University. His mother is a part-time waitress. His father is a prison guard. But as a youngster, he made a very astute observation. Notice something, that there was a direct correlation between performance and reward. And so as a youngster, he determined that the way you could perform better is to have a better education. And despite what his parents was doing, whom he loved very much, he wanted to do more with his life. And so he said, higher objectives. Yes, you have absolutely got to have those dreams. I love what Thoreau said. If one advances confidently in the direction of his dreams, he will meet with a success unexpected in common hours. If you build castles in the air, your work will not be lost. That is where they should be. Now put the foundations under them. Why don't more people dream bigger? I believe the story of gentleman Jim Corbett, the old heavyweight champion of the world, has a great deal to say. He was out doing his road work one morning when he spotted a fisherman who was being very, very successful. He was pulling in big fish and little fish. Every time he cast out, he would make a catch. But Corbett noticed that He would take the big ones and throw them back in. He would keep the little ones and put them in his creel. Well, that puzzled him. He ran over to him and he said, Sir, I'm a fisherman myself, but I've never seen a fisherman throw the big ones back and keeping the little ones. I want to know, why are you doing that? And the fisherman sadly shook his head and he said, Man, I hate to do it like all get out. But he said, I don't have any choice. You you see, all I've got is just this little old bitty frying pan. Don't laugh because he's really talking about you and he's talking about me. We have the big dream, the big idea. And no sooner do we have it than we say, oh, no, Lord, don't give me such a big one. All I got is just this little old bitty frying pan. Give me a little one, Lord, so I don't have to struggle so much. Besides, if the idea was any good, you know, somebody else would already have thought about it. Just give me the little one. Let me stay comfortable. Don't get me out of my comfort zone. Well, what we want to do is get you out of that comfort zone. We want you to clearly understand that, yes, you can make some changes. You can build the dreams. But again, let me say, you make radical changes in minute steps. Vince Robert. 37 years old, Ottawa, Canada, drove a taxi, finished the seventh grade. Now, where do you think his career and his life is going to go? Many people would say, well, he's probably going to end up on the dole or on welfare or somebody else having to support him. Well, one day, Vince Robert, while waiting for a fare at the airport or at a hotel where he spent hours every day doing exactly that, suddenly a bolt of lightning, a thought hit him. He went in the bookstore there and bought a book, a 20-pound Webster's Dictionary. You know why Webster wrote the dictionary? 
His wife kept asking him, now, what does that mean? Well, anyhow, <laughs> he, uh, he, he set the dictionary on the front seat of his taxi, and starting on page one, word one, he started memorizing the dictionary. Before he'd gotten an eighth of an inch deep in the dictionary, he noticed something. All of a sudden, he was understanding things that he'd only been hearing are reading. You know, Georgetown Medical School did a study. Here's what they found. They discovered that in 100% of the cases, no exception, that when your vocabulary goes up, your IQ also goes up. Don't ever complain again about not being bright enough. If you're not and you say that, just the next thought ought to be, hey, I'm headed down to the store to buy me a set of vocabulary tapes. I'm going to enroll in Automobile University. I'm going to start building my vocabulary. That's what Vince Robert did. He started understanding things. And as a result, he started taking every dime he could spare and investing it in the stock market. And then when he got dividends, he would reinvest that. Over a period of time, uh, he was able to buy the 19-car cab company. He became a very wealthy man. He kept investing. Today, he travels Canada telling people how he did it. Now, there are a couple of things you need to understand about Vince Roberts' story. Number one, he didn't start investing one day and buy the cab company the next day. Number two, you got to understand he gave up some things he wanted then, like fancy clothes, a fancy apartment, fancy automobiles. He gave up some of the things he wanted then in order to get the things he really wanted later on. It's called discipline, commitment, responsibility, maturity. That's actually what he was doing. The bottom line is he ended up a wealthy man. Now, how did he do it? Learning one word at a time, investing one dollar at a time, Radical change, radical improvement, radical growth in minute steps. As my friend Fred Smith says, I have a right not to have a degree. I don't have a right not to have an education. And that is so incredibly important. I was doing a seminar several years ago in Meyer Symphony Hall here in Dallas, Texas. I was speaking about self-image and self-worth. It was about a three-hour seminar. When the seminar was over, a young woman named Mary Ellen Caldwell came up to me, incredibly excited. She said, Mr. Ziegler said, uh, today has been everything to me. She said, my father was forced into retirement a few months ago. He's healthy. He didn't want to retire. He loved what he was doing. He wanted to keep on working. But, you know, they had that deadline there. You're 65. It's all over now. You know what bureaucracy is, don't you? It's an inept group of disorganized people totally committed to the concept of dramatically increasing their numbers so they can more effectively convert pure raw energy to solid waste. Well, <laughs> the, uh, <laughs> the bureaucracy said, it's all over for you. You're 65. And she said, as a result, my father has really become difficult to live with. He's always complaining about this, that, and the other. And in a few months, he and mom are moving uh, to Dallas, and I was at wit's end as to what I could do to help him. And I didn't have a clue. And just look at the list of ideas you have given me, and it was a long list. I quickly read them. There was not one single item she had listed that I had even hinted about in my talk. 
Now, what had happened? Very clear, very simple. Uh, she knew a whole lot about her dad. She loved her dad a great deal. She knew a whole lot about life. That had been the result of her lifetime of experience. Now what she does is she adds some new information to what she already knew. Now, the more new stuff you learn, the more valuable what you already know becomes. Because here's where the imagination comes in the picture. The old information, in essence, to keep it very simple, popped up. The new information popped up. The old looked at the new. They started a conversation. And the bottom line is they said, you know, if we got together, we could probably create something fabulous. That's exactly what happened. That's the reason we need to learn every day of our life. Are you inspired to learn something new? Even at the age of 85, Zig still reads and takes notes and listens and learns. He's a lifelong learner and encourages you to be the same. Until next week, this is Blake Lindsay encouraging you to live your life to the fullest. Ziggler. Ziggler. Inspiring true performance.